Hello and welcome to another mistake-filled episode <laughs> of We Only Look Thin. I am one of your hosts, Donald Weigel, and I have lost roughly 100 pounds. And with me, as always, is... Catherine Weigel. I have made many mistakes and I've learned from them. <laughs> and you're going to uh, hear about how we fix them. Um, I've lost about 145 pounds. I am Yowza. lovely wife. Did you mention I was lovely? I didn't. It was a mistake on... On my part, we started the episode with that mistake. See, uh, we're clearly, human, just yeah. like you fine listeners. Yeah. We, uh, we appreciate you listening. We do, and that is not a mistake. The mistake is not listening to us, but uh, rather than fill the episode <laughs> with the normal am- number of mistakes, like that one I just did, uh, the, we are going to talk about weight loss mistakes oh, this week. Oh, boy. Yeah. And, and before we get to that, though, we would like to welcome any of our new listeners. We might have some new listeners today. We uh, Hello! Are- Hello! Oh, hi there. We'll be saying that a lot, so yeah. get used to it. Uh, we just did a Reddit slash lose it, ask me anything. So if this is the first time you are listening to We Only Look Then, hello and welcome and hello. Welcome. And if this is not the first time you're listening, welcome to you as welcome well. Welcome Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. Yeah, as we are recording this, we are actually recording this on New Year's Day 2021. Yeah, and uh, it's not going to come out for a couple of weeks, but yeah, but I made the mistake of last night, New Year's Eve. Maybe I had a glass of champagne. I don't know. I told Donald because I like accountability. I said, "How about we wait to have pancakes until after we record an episode? We're having New Year's Day pancakes because our daughter wants them." But I yeah, because our daughter wants them. That's why we're doing it. (laughs) I made. have a, an appointment with Miss Butterworth, and I would like yeah. to keep that but that Butterworth uh, appointment. But I told Donald, I believe she's married. It's Mrs. Butterworth, Mrs. Butterworth by the way. Ms. Yeah. Butterworth, if you're nasty. Yeah. Uh, but if uh, I told Donald that we could only have pancakes after we podcasted, did I remember saying that this morning when I woke up and I was drinking my coffee? I did not remember that. But then Donald said, you said we would podcast before we had pancakes. Accountability is really annoying when yeah. people hold you accountable. So we, yeah. I'm a little bit under duress. I'm thinking about pancakes. This is why our advice to you, this is the first weight loss mistake you've made. Uh, my advice to you is don't say things don't about things. Don't tell people what you want. And then I won't want. hold you accountable to them. Yeah. <laughs> no, accountability is good. Oh, wait, it is a good thing. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm glad we're, uh, I was going to say getting this over with, but I am glad that we are taking the time on the first day of the new year year fresh start to record a podcast about some mistakes that we have made in the past and that others uh, we can we can maybe help others from keeping uh from making those mistakes themselves well said dear yeah not really but happy 2021 everybody Happy 2021 how's it going um so uh we found an article on healthline.com uh which was titled 15 common weight loss mistakes it was written by a uh person i assume a woman uh named franziska spritzler went through this article and you know wanted to preface this by saying when you hear a list of things yeah you don't necessarily have to agree with every single thing that's on the list in order for the list to still be valid. I know that we have a tendency as people to like, 
you know, if there's a list of eight things and we only agree with seven of them, we focus on that like eighth thing that we don't like about it. So not everything in this article is 100% on our brand. It's not what we've done. We're going to talk about them, but we are going to go through the entire list and we're actually going to make this a two-parter. Yep, uh, stretching it out. We're going to go through the first eight items uh, of weight loss mistakes today, and then we will do the final seven uh, for the next episode. And my point here, though, is that if there's something that you don't appreciate, you can still take away the other items on it. And also, maybe, you know, examine some of these things with a fresh eye, because, um, you know, I have been stubbornly against certain things in my life, and then realized later on that they actually had value and were true and were worth pursuing. So maybe, you know, some of these things um, come out with a fresh eye and maybe you'll get something out of them. Well, and I think too, as part of it, and I think the biggest part of the change that I've made in the last five years, because I've actually been doing this weight loss thing for five years now. That's half a yeah, decade. Well, if you don't count like that whole, your whole life trying to oh, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incorrectly, no, no, no. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, go back to the early episodes to hear about that. But I think one thing that I've really taken away from any list, because like Donald said, if I didn't like, you know, 10 things I hate about you, maybe there were only nine things I hate about you. Um, <laughs> sorry, don't joke. I was drinking coffee and almost did a spit take all over the That's microphone That's my favorite thing to do is make Holy him... Holy cow. Uh, <laughs> sorry. But I would take a piece of advice and I would see it as gospel. And if I didn't follow that advice to the letter, I felt like I had failed. So we're going to go through some things in here where we might take even part of one of the parts of the list and take it apart a little bit more and say, you know what? I'm not going to do that 100%, but I could do 50% of what it says to do. Um, so I just want to make it clear that modifying any list deciding what resonates with you today matters because there are definitely things that when I started this journey, I felt like it was beyond my scope. So please take the time to uh, listen to uh, this the eight that we're going to go through today and, and hear what resonates to you now. It might not be something that you employ today, but maybe in six months you can revisit it and go, you know what, now I'm ready to build upon uh, my first few habits and take others into consideration. So make it your own. It's malleable. It's the the Play-Doh list that you can mold to uh, to fit your needs. You know, and if you've listened to the show for any length of time, or even if you hadn't, Catherine and I are big fans of taking pieces of what yeah. you like from various plans. And we have done that uh, and crafted a plan that really suits us. And anytime, and this is maybe a weight loss mistake that's not on this list that we should talk about. Anytime somebody says to you, there's only one oh. way to do something or that, you know, you have to comply 100% with a plan or else that it won't work or else, you know, you're a garbage person or something. Yeah. That is a red flag. Do not listen to that, that person. Um, I just think there is no plan that is 100%, you know, if you're getting flagged or penalized or something for noncompliance, yeah. then that is not a sustainable plan that you can stick to. Yeah, no, 100%. I actually saw, this isn't the article that we're going to cover, but NPR, uh, National Public Radio, posted the other day, you know, five things, blah, 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 whatever. We're not going to go over that list. But a guy posted to it, the only way a person over 40 can lose weight is if they, and 
I will tell you, I took time out of my busy schedule to yeah. write a strongly worded. No, she was rebuttal. really angry. I was uh, <laughs> I was sitting near her when she read that, and the the steam started coming out I of her ears, and she let him have it. Let me tell you, what did she let him have? It. It. And <laughs> but, speaking of NPR, um, how do you know that somebody is an NPR listener? Uh, they'll tell you. Don't worry. They'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to step on your joke. Yeah. But really pay attention to things that say the only way what you have to do is because we're all starting from where we are with the resources that we have. So this none of this is made to make you feel like a garbage person. Listen to our list of eight that we cover today. See what you feel comfortable uh, absorbing and uh, let go of what you're not ready for. It's fine. It's and believe good. me, I I have lost weight while still making some of these oh, mistakes. Yeah. So you don't need to be 100% perfect on any of these, but maybe look at what you're doing and maybe this will help you adjust your your plan. So let's get into it. The The first mistake on the list is only focusing on scale weight, only focusing on the, the weight that is on the scale. And the person, Francisca, starts out by saying it is very common to feel like you're not losing weight fast enough. And this is a huge problem for me in that I oftentimes felt that and then I would give up. But what does giving up get you? It gets it, you not losing weight and prob- at all. And probably revenge gaining. And I think, you know, if if we're if we're looking at the big picture, focusing on a magic number that you think will make you happy is not how we have been successful in the last five years. I dieted from age 10, probably until 41, thinking of a magic number, a magic force field that I would have to go through to be happy with my lifestyle. Yeah, And it turned out I never thought about cultivating a life that I actually wanted for myself, a life that was you know, takeout and sitting on the couch and Netflix, basically every day of the week, we are now active people. The number on the scale matters, but it doesn't represent an entire lifestyle that we're achieving now that we weren't before. Focusing on the non-scale victories, as we call them in the game, focusing on the fact that your clothes fit better, that you are not as winded walking upstairs, that you have more confidence, that you're able to walk farther than you could before, that you're able to carry the groceries in you know fewer trips than you were able to before. Focusing on those kinds of things um, is really important along the way. Yeah, and I think we did an episode about like the hundred ways our lives are better now that we've lost the weight. And it really is about thinking about your whole life and seeing what you're not happy with right now and wanting to change that. We are not the people that we were five years ago when we started this journey venture. And the number on the scale is one metric to look at for sure, but looking at your lifestyle holistically matters more. Your weight can fluctuate from day to day, from hour to hour, from week to week, and it doesn't mean that you're broken or that the plan isn't working. So many times before I would gain weight randomly, I would be good on a diet. I just did air quotes, which isn't really helpful. Um, <laughs> um, air quotes on a podcast, hand gestures in general on no. a podcast is not effective. No, but I would be compliant on a weight loss plan. She just did air quotes again, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm doing it again. I'm trying to like 
clasps my hands together so you I don't do it. You air quote away. You do it. This is your podcast. Oh, you do what you would like. Thanks. But I would be compliant on a diet for four or five weeks. I would lose weight and lose weight. And then suddenly I would gain weight unfairly for one week. And then I would give up the weight loss plan because obviously I was broken and it didn't work. I have gained weight 20 times in the period where I was losing 100 pounds. And it's all part of the process. We did an episode uh, called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me uh, early in the uh, the Walt world, uh, where we talk about weight fluctuations and the scale. So if you want to go back and listen to that one, we take a deep dive into managing your relationship with the scale. Exactly. And the article even points out that Weight can fluctuate during the same day yeah. up to four pounds, uh, which is 1.8 kilograms, um, depending on how much food you and liquid you've consumed. So the article suggests, and I think it's a great idea, um, not just focusing on non-scale victories, but measuring your waist with a tape measure and taking monthly pictures of yourself, um, which has you know, been one of our tips that we've given on this, is taking photos of yourself along the way, because you'll be happy you had those before photos at the end. Yeah, and I actually have my size 24 jeans that I was wearing when I started five years ago. I have kept those, and literally once a year, I think on January 3rd, I put the jeans back on to remind myself where I was. So that'll be happening in just a few days, but it's a good reminder of where I was beyond where the scale is. All right, I think our uh, our next weight loss mistake that people make is eating too many or too few calories. Yep. And I think that, you know, eating too many calories, I think, is maybe an obvious one. But the flip side of that is also eating too few. People sometimes go from eating whatever they want to trying a, you know, quote unquote starvation diet, uh, you know, getting down to 1200 calories, 1000 calories a day. Um, and it can really be a incredibly difficult to stick to a diet yeah. that is that low. And B, it can actually really hurt your metabolism. Um, you know, you're, when you go down to that restrictive a calorie diet, it can really slow your metabolism down and actually be counterproductive towards, uh, towards losing weight. Well, and undereating can definitely lead to overeating. As Donald, uh, suggested earlier, in the past, I would be eating, you know, and maybe I wasn't tracking, but probably three to 4,000 calories a day. And then I would white knuckle it. I would go down to, say, 1,200 calories, which maybe I heard on the internet that someone said that that was the perfect amount of calories to eat. Or my personal trainer once told me, you know, okay, we're going to put you on a 1,200 calorie diet. That's what you have to do. I was working out seven days a week and eating 1,200 calories, and I was not losing any weight. And I thought I had to further restrict to 1,000 calories, 900 calories to make it work. And over the course of working out with this guy for like three months, I lost seven pounds and I was starving yeah. all of the time. It turned out when I went to this new way of living five years ago, I was eating 1,800, 2,000 calories a day. Guess what? Losing pound, two pounds a week. And I lost 100 pounds and I wasn't starving myself. So really paying attention to even Weight Watchers. I did Weight Watchers and tracked calories at the same time. 
Weight Watchers, I was eating 900 calories a day, and I was yeah. eating the compliant points that they were giving me. So be really careful about how much you're eating, because under-eating can really stifle the weight loss process. Yeah, the article itself, I will link to this article, by the way, on uh, on Healthline.com, um, that uh, the article uh, cites four different studies which show that eating very low calorie, uh, the article says 1,000 calories per day, can lead to muscle loss and significantly slow down metabolism. It actually cites a few studies uh, on that. Um, and then obviously eating too many calories is a problem for people and um, under-reporting the amount of calories that you eat also. Um, the article cites a study, um, in a two-week study, 10 obese people reported consuming 1,000 calories a day, but the uh, researchers found that they were actually eating 2,000 calories a day. Um, and one of the mistakes people make is by trying to eat you know, foods that they think are healthy, but not yeah. actually paying attention to the calories that they eat or or logging the calories that they eat. Well, and I think that that is a really big issue, and we'll talk about that in the next episode, is saying that you are eating healthily. You know, people go like, oh, I'm eating healthy whole foods and I'm not losing weight. Tracking is a really big part of that because just because you're grabbing a handful of nuts, which seems healthy, doesn't mean that the calories don't matter. There are varying studies on how many calories you need to lose weight. And I think everybody kind of has a different uh, metabolism and your age matters and hormones and all of that. But not tracking is really detrimental. I think it's been really critical for me to be honest with what I'm eating so now we're going on to number three, not exercising or exercising too much. Yeah. Uh-oh. So I used to just exercise. I would go, like we used to go on a two-mile walk in the morning, and I thought that that was, I could just get takeout twice a day and be fine. Turns out that was not enough uh, movement to uh, to matter for me. Yeah, and, you know, we spent years as members of a gym. We would go to the gym and work out in the morning, and then I would think that I didn't really have to measure what I was eating as much, so I would... I would, you know, do the thing we were just talking about, trying to eat healthy foods. You know, I would eat these big salads or, or big, you know, containers of uh, steamed vegetables and tofu and things like that, but not really, you know, combine the two things and not really realizing that the amount of exercise I was doing was not really enough to outrun the fork, so to speak. Oh, for sure. And I think part of that is... And I know we've said it before, like we can't outrun a fork. I would think I needed to carbo load to go yeah, to yeah, that the was a gym big thing. to be on the elliptical for 20 minutes. Right. It turns out people who do the Tour de France who actually ride 200 miles a day, they might need some extra Yeah, pasta. or like Olympic swimmers, you know. Right. I mean, we've joked about it too, but like Michael Phelps would get 10,000 calories a day. Oh, must be nice to be Michael Phelps. Turns there was out, a Saturday Night Live yeah. sketch when Michael Phelps was on where he was advertising his diet and it was like 10,000 calories a day. Yeah, and- it was like four pizzas, <laughs> a whole flat of bacon. And we think that a little bit of exercise makes us, you know need to eat more. It turns out you got to kind of balance the two and find what actually works. And also not exercising at all. Like the article points out that um, if you don't exercise at all while you're restricting your calories, you're likely to lose muscle mass and experience a decrease in metabolic rate. So it's actually counterproductive to your metabolism to skip all of the exercise. Now, we're not saying 
you need to be somebody who goes to a gym six days a week either because I have not set foot in a gym in the last five years and I still managed to lose uh, 100 pounds. We get our exercise by walking. We do um, YouTube exercise videos at home. Uh, Catherine does uh, yoga um, and we do some uh, weightlifting videos at home, uh, some strength training at home, just walking up and down stairs and then trying to get exercise throughout the day. Um, or, you know, really movement throughout the day, just making it a part of our lives. But also, I think part of that is relying too heavily on exercising. There is such a thing as exercise bulimia, where you try to work out so much to compensate for something that you've eaten. Yeah. And if you're in a position where, and I've done this before too, where I've worked out so much that I stop engaging in other social engagements and neglect other parts of my life. Yeah. That might work for a short period of time if you're training for a marathon or something like that and you need to, you know, really focus on training. But finding that balance in your life of not saying like, well, sorry, family, I can't do a Zoom call because I've got to, you know, go to the gym or something like that. Finding a way to make activity part of your life without it consuming everything. Because also, I've gotten into positions where I've injured my foot or my knee, and then I can't work out. And if you're relying on calories burned to compensate for what you're eating in the day, that's that can be really dangerous. Yeah, and it is so much easier to lift a fork to your face than it is to burn off enough calories to compensate for that, that it, it becomes impossible. Right, I think Yanni Friedhoff, author of The Diet Fix, talked about it's easier to not eat a calorie than it is to burn it, if you know what I mean. So Yeah, much easier. You know, and those okay, I'm going off on a tangent. Those things where you're like, oh well, you know, if you want to eat a a roll at Thanksgiving, you've got to run a half marathon. And if you want two Snickers, that means you've got to run, you know, you've got to do a triathlon. We don't like really equating deserving a certain amount of food with the calories burned for it. So anyway, that's my my soapbox. And speaking of exercise, uh, the next item on the list of weight loss mistakes, and what the author says is not lifting weights. And what I would like to change that to is not doing any strength training. Yeah. And we spent, I will admit, I lost the entire 100 pounds without doing any strength training, but I didn't really start until afterwards. But Adding that afterwards has really been crucial to my maintenance and really just making me feel so much better in general. Yeah, I think body tone matters because when I was 150 pounds more than I am right now, I just wanted to lose weight. And it it was sort of like beyond my scope. I know I talked about earlier deciding what you're ready to take on. I was not ready to take on any strength training. And so I waited until I got to around maintenance and then decided that my physique would change shape if I worked out. So losing weight doesn't magically make you Giselle Bunchen. It just makes you smaller. And it wasn't until I was in maintenance that I decided that I was ready to take on strength training. That being said, I think what I used to think was that if you weren't lifting weights, like what are you benching, what are you whatever, that it didn't count. I actually have, uh, we have a neighbor who said that she was doing some floor exercises at home, just body resistance training. I was like, you don't even lift, bro. Like what? I wasn't doing (laughs) anything 
And she was like, oh, no, I just do, you know, like squats and push-ups. And I was like, that doesn't matter. If you don't have a weight, then you're not doing anything. So I take umbrage with the idea of weightlifting, and I change that to resistance training. We have talked about before, blogilates.com has a number of really simple, basic, slow-moving arm, ab, thigh, glute challenges yeah and you're like using your own body weight as the weight and you know adding that resistance and it is a much harder workout than you might think when you first hear about it or first see the video for sure it seems at first like this is going to do anything that's how i talk when i'm mad about things yeah but it you don't think it's going to do anything and then suddenly you're like wow i can barely move my arms after doing this i will also say that overdoing it like I have done before, where I will go to uh, Billy Blank's Tybo, which I had done in the past. Oh, my goodness. Or a HIIT training class where I worked so hard that I could barely walk the next day. We are not advocating that because for me, if I over-exercise and then I can't walk down the stairs for four days, which I've totally done before – it's better to do a little bit every day that builds up your strength than it is to go so hardcore that you can't walk and you can't sit for five days. So really, it's okay to go into resistance training slow and steady instead of like breaking your leg trying to do a thousand squats in a day. Well, and what you're saying ties back into the the previous weight loss mistake of over-exercising too. It it seems like, oh, how can you over-exercise? But I know that when I start over-exercising, I start to hate it and I start to resent it and then I stop doing it because I just don't want to. And making sure that what I'm doing is something that I feel okay doing, that I'm happy doing, and that I actually kind of look forward to is a really important part of this. Well, and that can change based on the season too, because when it's summer and our daughter isn't in school, I had a lot more time to focus on doing daily resistance training, yoga, and my steps. But when she's in school, it's much harder for me to do because I'm monitoring her school progress. I'm working. We have a little bit less flexibility. Flexibility. So knowing that certain things are seasonal, it's not like football is a, you know, 12 month sport, there's downtime, and then you do other sports. So it's okay to look at your fitness seasonally. Although it feels like hockey is a 12 month sport. <laughs> I feel like hockey ends and then there's like a two week break and it starts over again. And now we're going to get angry emails from all the hockey fans. Um, so I'm going to call a little bit of an audible here. And the that's uh, sportsy. Uh, we're uh, let's we're going to temporarily skip number five and go oh. to number six. Overestimating how many calories you burn during exercise. I think we've already started talking about it, and really, it's that whole like you can't outrun a fork thing that we've been talking about. And the the article mentions a study. In one study, people burned between 200 and 300 calories during exercise sessions. Yet when asked, they estimated that they burned over 800 calories. And as a result, they ended up eating more. And again, the article links to the study, which is, uh, which is really good. And we have incorporated, rather than doing that thing of, you know, we mentioned earlier, like I would go to the gym in the morning and I would run on a treadmill for 20 minutes and just think I was set. And instead of that, we've incorporated movement all day. And we did an episode called The Knights Who Say Neat. Um, and dear, why don't you tell them what NEAT stands for? <laughs> Non-exercise activity thermogenesis. I don't know. I feel like a scientist 
in a James Bond film when I say it, because it sounds very fancy. But basically, we used to work out once a day, maybe 20 minutes, and then we would sit the rest of the day. And it turns out that moving throughout the day, every hour actually matters. We did, like Donald said, the Knights Who Say Neat episode. We like fun titles for episodes. We also did an episode called The Couch is Lava. Oh, yeah. Where we talk about how sitting is the new smoking. And there are actual degenerative qualities to sitting all day. So for us, we definitely get in purposeful movement, but we also integrate movement throughout our day. It really does matter because we do overestimate how much 20 minutes of activity burns. And this is all of those things that we've talked about, about not sitting during conference calls, not taking the closest parking spot at the grocery store, but rather actually intentionally or at work trying to find the farthest away so that you have to get extra steps. Um, Parking on the top floor of a parking garage, avoiding elevators. Um, When you're at the grocery store, leave your cart in one place, go get your items down the aisle and bring them back to the cart rather than having the cart right there with you. And we've done a whole bunch of episodes about all of these tips to get an extra movement. And it all really does add up. I used to be a sedentary person who would get 20 minutes of activity, think I was done for the day. But what we've really changed here, and I think the bigger picture is our lifestyle has changed. We look forward to finding ways to getting in purposeful movement. We make it part of our lifestyle, not a compartmentalized 20 minutes, I'm done, I've checked it off the list. We get in steps all day, and it really matters to our continued maintenance of this weight loss. It definitely does. So the next item on the list is choosing low-fat or diet foods. 100%. And this is something that I did for years and years and years and still sometimes have to really watch myself from doing. Um, A lot of foods that are labeled as low-fat are not actually low-calorie because they add more sugar to improve the taste. And like... For example, like Snackwell's cookies, yeah. <laughs> I hate to call them out by name, but I used to think that they were, you know, basically I could eat an entire box of them and they weren't going to do anything to me because they were, they were Snackwells. There's they were healthy. Well yeah. and snacking. And like a lot of those like healthy choice uh, yeah. is another brand. Exactly. But um, the article points out one cup of low fat fruit flavored yogurt can contain up to 47 grams of sugar, which is like 12 teaspoons. Of sugar in it. So crazy. It's such uh, an attack personally. When I was doing Weight Watchers, they sold low calorie foods in their lobby, 100 calorie packs and, you know, different low calorie things. Oh, the 100 calorie pack. I would eat, I don't know, two, three, four. 100 calorie Five, packs. six, yeah. But I was like, oh, this is a weight loss food. Like, I can feel the fat running away. And it turns out I could have just eaten a 300 calorie food instead of eating these, like, Oreo thin you know, well, yeah, half the things. time they're like, they're like not even, it's not like even eating like an actual Oreo cookie. It's just like they take out the, the crispy the, bit, the not middle. the middle. Yeah, yeah. And like, 
and you don't even get the enjoyment where you could have just had like three or four Oreo cookies for fewer calories yeah. than having the, you know, the three packages of the, the low fat version. No, for sure. And I think we have found a way to decide what high calorie foods really matter to us and where we are willing to compromise because there are some things I'm just not willing to compromise on. I have half and half in my coffee every day. It is a source of maybe more joy than it should be, but I have tried the non-fat half and halves. It does not work for me, and it doesn't actually even save that many calories, but you see that, oh, it's non-fat, so it's giving me more flexibility in the future. There are certain things I will not compromise on. You can reduce the portion size. You can reduce the frequency that you have something, but sometimes it's just really worth it to have that delicious treat instead of its low-fat cousin. Exactly. So we did an episode uh, called Doctor, 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 <laughs> Doctor, where we talk about modifying recipes. You can go and listen to that episode where we talk about keeping food flavorful and delicious, but maybe making some modifications. If a recipe calls for oil, maybe cut half the oil and use half applesauce if you're making a recipe. You don't have to make things taste like sadness, but there are small ways that you can make modifications to still make things taste delicious. This isn't about punishing. This is about finding like workarounds to make things still taste delicious, but not necessarily have the caloric impact. But maybe just don't compromise. Have a smaller portion if you want something that tastes really good. Yeah. And like I, something that I do is um, I eat a lot of Greek yogurt and I find that the 0% fat Greek yogurt for me satisfies me just as much as the 2% or the 5%, but um, some people might not. So I have decided that the 0% is just as good for me, but if it's not going to satisfy you, then you're going to end up eating more of it. So watch out for that. And another thing is, like, I don't go for, like, the baked chip. Yeah. Oh, I, that was like the biggest lie that we've been told. I just eat a smaller portion of the the full, you know, full on real chip. I've managed to find these hundred calorie, uh, you know, little bags of potato chips that I like, and also like little single serving bags of other sorts of chips. And, you know, for 100, 150 calories, I get the satisfaction of having the actual real thing rather than eating a, you know, a slightly larger portion of a baked sadness chip. Like sadness it, chip. it really uh, helps me out to not go and then later on binge the real thing. Well, and I was comparing Lean Cuisine French bread pizza to Stouffer's French bread pizza. So the Lean Cuisine is supposed to be a low-cal version. I want to say it was 360, 370 calories. And the Stouffer's full regular one was 400 calories. For 30 calories, yeah. it doesn't taste as good. I don't know what they did to it, but it doesn't taste as good. So I'm just going, I'm deciding that the 400-calorie French bread pizza is the way to go. So that's my choice. And the uh, next two things on the list, the last two that we're going to talk about today, they they kind of tie into one another. Um, the first one is not eating enough protein. And I know that I was guilty of this for many, many years. And I, first of all, wanted to say that I don't actually count the amount of protein that I eat, but I used to, like Catherine said in the morning, I would start my day with like a giant bowl of oatmeal, like thinking that that was going to fill me up. 
or all of those other breakfast foods that are basically kind of like dessert yeah, like for breakfast. Bagels, croissants, cereal. And I know when I start my day with something super high carby like that, or really, you know, at any point like super high carby, I know that it just makes me hungrier and it doesn't fill me up. But eating a lot of protein-rich foods actually does fill me up, make me feel full, and I am not as hungry as often. Yeah, and for me, whenever I've tried to micromanage my food, if, you know, I've I read the Diet Fix by Yanni Friedhoff, and he suggests having a certain amount of protein at every snack and meal. And I got so obsessed with it that I ended up sabotaging myself because if I felt like something was eight grams of protein instead of 10, that I couldn't eat it because it didn't fit his plan. So we're not saying micromanage your food choices. We have not done that. We have lost weight by tracking calories. There are times when I will have a carb for breakfast and I just realize that it makes me really hungry and really snacky later. So instead, like Donald said, I try to stick with protein and vegetables or I'll have a like maybe sweet potato, which is a carb, but it doesn't impact me like having a bagel does. So really just pay attention to your satiety, how you're feeling after you eat something. And if it makes you snacky or hungry really quickly, maybe switch to something that's higher fiber or higher protein. And just to uh, quote a few things directly out of the article um, on Healthline, um, uh, she says, it can reduce protein, that is, can reduce appetite, increase feelings of fullness, decrease calorie intake, increase metabolic rate, and protect muscle mass during weight loss. And she cites one, two, three, four, five different studies in the article that you can go check out that show that all of those things may be true. And then uh, she says, in a 12-day study, people ate a diet containing 30% of calories from protein. They ended up consuming an average of 575 fewer calories per day than when the exact same people were eating only 15% of their calories from protein. So eating you know, a higher percentage of protein actually makes you want to eat fewer calories. And then uh, lastly, a review of studies found that higher protein diets containing um, 0.6 to 0.8 grams of protein per pound, anyway, we don't need to worry about the granular amount of it, may benefit appetite control and body composition. Um, and there's a link to that study too. And I know for me, I make it a rule that I only really eat kind of high protein in air quotes real foods throughout the most of the day because as soon as I start eating those like treat kind of foods later in the day it just makes me want to keep eating them. So yeah paying attention to how food makes you feel how sugar and carbs make you feel really matters in all of this and we're again we're not talking about micromanaging your food choices but just paying attention to how you feel matters. Another thing I mean and, and Donald said it kind of goes together is fiber content. We did an episode called Pump Up the Volume. Pump Up the Volume. We got to get that right at some point where we talk about adding fiber and vegetables to your meals to actually pump up the volume. We like big portions and we cannot lie. Sorry. <laughs> I could not say it. We like really big portions. We have lost weight by filling up our stomachs, not by just eating one, you know, sad cracker or low calorie foods. We like volume. We like things like salsa and vegetables and chopped onions and sauteed mushrooms. We add volume to keep us satiated and fiber actually does matter. Donald will tell you why it matters now. 
Well, um, the, the article uh, says that studies show that a type of soluble fiber known as viscous fiber helps reduce your appetite by forming a gel that holds water. And this gel moves slowly through your digest- digestive tract, making you feel full. So when your fiber intake is high, some of the calories from food in the mixed meals aren't absorbed. And uh, the article quotes a study that researchers estimate that doubling your daily fiber intake could result in up to 130 fewer calories being absorbed. So that's like 130 free calories that you've eaten that, you know, aren't getting absorbed. And look, I don't count how much fiber I eat, but I know that when I'm eating those, you know, you get fiber from, you know, basically plant sources. So you're talking about um, beans and legumes and your vegetables. Um, I found a, a separate article that lists um, items that are high in viscous fiber, uh, items that are asparagus, Brussels sprouts, sweet potatoes, turnips, apricots, mangoes, oranges, legumes, barley, oat bran, and oatmeal. Eating those kind of items while still watching the calories from them um, can help you feel full and stay full longer. And like Catherine said, you can increase the your portion by adding these super low calorie versions of that. Your you know the things like the Brussels sprouts and the vegetables and broccoli. Um, to your food to make you feel full longer. Yeah, and definitely knowing how foods affect you at certain times of day. Like Donald said, if I have oatmeal, I'm generally hungry an hour later. So for me, not every food works for me in the way it's meant to. So just paying attention to how food makes you feel matters. Your fullness matters. Uh, satiety, etc. Etc. Indeed. <laughs> Um, so thank you all so much for listening. I think this is uh, going to wrap up part one of our uh, weight loss mistakes uh, series of two. Yeah, and really think about, I know we've gone through a lot of things, but none of this is meant to say like, okay, I've got to do eight things differently right now. Decide what one thing is an issue for you right now and try to focus on that until the next episode where we can give you more advice. But you don't have to change everything at once. You don't have to clear out your cabinets. You don't have to change your entire lifestyle. But think of one thing that really resonated with you in this and take it away and uh, see how it makes you feel for the next uh, week. See how the next episode goes. Exactly. And uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, We have uh, 150 some other ones that are all available wherever you found this one. And uh, you can also find them all at our website at weonlylookthin.com. Yep. And if you are at our website, weonlylookthin.com, you can click on join our support group to find out more about Wolt Place, W-O-L-T Place. It is our online Facebook-based women's accountability group based on Facebook, like I just said, where it's not a diet plan, but it is a support group. It's an accountability group where uh, people just like you uh, support one another in their weight loss journey ventures. Uh, it's only for women because, frankly, dudes just don't participate. We've tried it. and uh, Yeah, dudes are lame, and that's coming from they're me. They're not. We oh, have some male no, listeners. Dudes don't are talk wonderful. about Rodrigo Thank you for that listening, way. dudes. <laughs> Thanks, bros. Thanks, broskies. <laughs> um, Brohemes. Yeah, brodeo clowns. I don't know. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll fix All it in it. post. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll fix it in we'll post. We'll figure this out. Anyway, so uh, check that out if you would like to email us uh, for uh, 
for email us for asking questions, etc. I don't know why I keep talking like that, like a human. English is her first language, it everyone. It is. Uh, but you can email us, we only look thin at gmail.com if you have tips, suggestions, or questions you would like us to answer on the podcast. Yeah, we love to hear from you, and uh, we will reply if you have questions. Um, if you have suggestions for an episode, something that you'd love to hear, uh, we would like to hear from you. Um, and you can also keep track of us on the social socials at we only look thin at instagram and uh facebook and the other things twitter twitter that's it and if you feel generous you can go over to apple podcasts and leave us a rating and a review we have just got over 400 stars we're very excited about that we love uh getting feedback it makes us feel good makes us know that we're making a difference in the world yeah it really uh helps us out too um for every uh rating and review we get the more of those we get the more that apple uh, boosts us in uh, search engines. I thought you were going to say, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> an angel gets its wings, exactly. <laughs> boy, Clarence. <laughs> exactly. Um, so leave that five-star review. Give angels their wings. <laughs> also, if you still don't know the difference between a dude, a broham, and a broski, <laughs> please remember that Catherine and I are an, an inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. <laughs>